This podcast is sponsored by Active Skin Repair, a skin health company helping people heal with natural, non-toxic, medical-grade ingredients. So as the weather warms up, we're outside gardening or doing yard work. There are so many opportunities for skin issues, right? And for me, it's always a mystery to know what's going to irritate my skin, but I'm definitely out there itching and scratching. But the good news is active skin repair always seems to save the day. Active skin repair can be used to treat a wide range of skin issues, including cuts, scrapes, burns, sunburns, rashes, and other types of skin damage. It's also safe and non-toxic, making it suitable for use on all skin types, all parts of the body, and even on rosacea, eczema, and acne-prone skin. Here's what I want you to do. Visit ActiveSkinRepair.com to learn more about Active Skin Repair and get 20% off your order when you use code JOYFUL. Again, that's www.ActiveSkinRepair.com. Find out more about the product and get 20% off your order when you use the code JOYFUL. Joyful Courage Parenting Podcast, episode 118. Welcome back to the Joyful Courage Podcast, a place for information and inspiration on the conscious parenting journey. I'm your host, Casey O'Rourke, positive discipline trainer and parent coach. I am thrilled, as usual, that you are taking the time to listen in. Be sure to listen after the interview. I have some exciting things to share then and calls to action that I don't want you to miss out on. If you find yourself listening to this, pulling over to take notes, not getting out of your car in the garage because you want to keep listening, (laughs) nodding your head or resonating with what you are about to hear, do me a favor, share the show with the people in your life, the other parents that you know, put it on social media, talk to strangers about it. Your sharing is the reason that I can continue to come back and continue to invest my time and energy into putting this resource out for you. Pay it forward. Please share it, share it, share it. Thank you. So before uh, we get into what the topic is for today and the interview, I would love to share with you a new podcast. Well, it's not a new podcast but it might be a new podcast to you. And it's called What Fresh Hell. (laughs) And it's one of those really real, really raw, really funny co-hosted shows um, talking about the experience of being a mom, the experience of being a parent. And um, I have the co-hosts of the show here to let you know a little bit about what it is that they're bringing out to the world. So listen in. everybody. This is Margaret Abels. And this is Amy Wilson. And together we are the co-hosts of the podcast, What Fresh Hell? Laughing in the Face of Motherhood. We're so happy that Casey gave us the chance to introduce ourselves to all of you Joyful Courage listeners. We like to say that the What Fresh Hell podcast solves today's parenting dilemmas so you don't have to. In each episode, Meg and I discuss a parenting issue from what 
are usually our completely opposite approaches. Well, yes, in that I'm <laughs> laid back and Amy is um, not. But then the thing is, I always come in with some expert advice that may or may not back me up or yes. Margaret up. Importantly, I'm unwilling to prepare for the show and Amy comes in with a lot of <laughs> statistics. So I sometimes do lose the argument. We talk about it. We laugh about it. We call out each other's nonsense, which for me can be very uh, useful. And then, then we come up with some concrete solutions before we're done. And we talk about all sorts of stuff. We talk about like the homework slog. We talk about birthday parties. We, especially me, agree on important issues like how party favorite bags should be constitutionally eliminated from all birthday parties. Because There's no the two worst. sides. There's no There's no two sides, sides of that, of that debate. No. So don't listen. If you're pro goodie bags, just don't <laughs> listen to our podcast. It's not for you. We love to connect with our listeners on our Facebook page. Just search for What Fresh Hell Podcast on Facebook and our website, whatfreshhellpodcast.com. I'm going to toot our own, own horn and read from my favorite review of our podcast. Is that okay? Toot away. Listening to this podcast is like having coffee with friends who did a bunch of research about something that you're worried about. It makes me feel better to listen to them because I learn new things and I'm reminded that we're all struggling with the same issues. So I'm in a way better mood after spending time with Amy and Margaret. That's so nice. I'm not always in a way better mood after spending time with myself. So I'm glad <laughs> someone else is. Listen, guys, we hope you'll listen and become part of our community. Check us out at whatfreshhellpodcast.com. My guest today is a returning guest. Tasha Shore is on and she is bringing a burst of energy and optimism to parenting and she will lift your parenting confidence. She is an expert at simple solutions to what feels like overwhelmingly complicated problems. And today... Well, the reason I reached out to Tasha, Tasha has a specialty. She is raising three boys and she um, has created a community for those of us that are also raising boys. She is committed to creating a more peaceful world, one sweet boy at a time. And through her online and in-person offerings, she supports parents to care for themselves, connect with their boys deeply, set loving limits, and to play wildly. Tasha is a hand-in-hand parenting trainer and has co-authored a book with Hand in Hand's founder, Patty Whipfler, called Listen, Five Simple Tools to Meet Your Everyday Challenges. And she has a wildly popular 10-day program called Parenting Boys Peacefully, free 10-day reconnect, and is um, also offering a new online course called Out With aggression. I'm going to give you links to find Tasha at the end of the show, but I, I want to let you know what my reason is for wanting to bring Tasha in right now. Um, you know, if you are on social media or paying attention to the news, there is a lot going on right now around sexual assault and sexual harassment Um, I am raising both a boy and a girl. So on one hand, what keeps coming through my mind is how do I keep my daughter safe? How do I teach my daughter to keep herself safe? You know, that whole conversation. On the other hand, I'm thinking about how do I hold space for my son so that he is recognizing the wholeness of females and girls? How can I help him? not to be harassing or assaulting anybody, how I can open conversations with him around what is happening in the world. And 
it feels really big and it feels complicated. And, you know, it's really easy to go to the extreme in our fear and the what ifs. Um, and it's, I also know at the same time that that's not helpful. And so I immediately thought of Tasha when I thought about having a conversation about our boys around supporting them, right? Supporting them in developing relationships with other boys and advocating for the girls, right? In consent, like these conversations are a must. And by the way, I have yet to circle up in a room full of women and not have the conversation land on, you know, my partner isn't emotionally available, or I wish my partner would just talk to me about how he's feeling or get vulnerable. And the reason that our men are showing up that way is because of their conditioning and conditioning has to do with parenting, right? Conditioning has to do with how we show up for our boys. And so anyway, this is why I'm so excited about this podcast interview because Tasha and I are going to peel apart and tease out all of it. And I think that you're really going to feel empowered to raise sons that are champions for themselves and champions for the girls and the women in their life. So how about I stop talking and uh, we'll get on with the interview. Hi, Tasha. Welcome back to the podcast. Hey, Casey. Thank you for having me on again. So glad that you're back. Please remind the listeners about your journey of doing what you do. Hmm. Okay. Well, so online, I'm Tasha Shore, your partner in parenting, and I partner with parents to help their young boys thrive and to help them thrive as well. Um, my mission, as I have chosen to accept it, is to create a more peaceful world, one sweet boy at a time. And essentially what I'm doing is I'm working with parents to um, stay super close to their kids, to throw out the punishments and rewards, and instead to move towards their little boys and um, help them grow into emotionally intelligent men and thereby creating a more peaceful world. Yay. And you're a mom of many boys. Oh, yeah. I forgot about that. <laughs> <laughs> I've got three boys. Um, yeah, they're pretty big now. My big guy's 15 and I got an almost 13 year old and a 10 and a half year old, believe it or not. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. It's crazy. Cause like my, my 15 year old is, he's like six, one, at least like I look up to him. It's crazy. Yeah. That's starting to happen. My just turned 12 year old. I we're eye level. We're eye to eye <laughs> and it won't be long till he passes me by. That's for sure. Yeah. Yep. <laughs> I am so excited to have you on to talk about our boys. Um, I feel like there's a lot on my mind. One being the hashtag me too campaign yeah. that's been, well, I see it on social media and it's, um, and for listeners who don't know, have missed that. It's this, it's basically an invitation for women to share their stories or share in solidarity around experiences of sexual harassment and assault. And, as the mother of both a daughter and a son, I'm swinging from feeling a sense of hopelessness for how things are. And, and we talked um, before I hit record about culture. And so I'm interested yeah. in hearing like you are, you're in Israel, right? Yeah, I'm in Israel at the moment. Okay. Mm -hmm. So I'm interested in hearing your perception of this Me Too campaign versus how it feels over here with all the craziness that's happening um, culturally. So I'm swinging from this hopelessness 
place. And then into this passion um, to lead a generation of parents who are teaching their children, especially their boys, something different. What has been your experience with all of the news about sexual harassment and assault that's been super everywhere in the States? Yeah, it's been super everywhere, everywhere. Okay. Actually, I, w- I wasn't even in Israel. I was, I, I just get back from, got back from a week in Romania, um, where I was at a, you know, a parenting retreat there, and also doing some um, publicizing of of our book. So I was there, and actually one evening there, I did in Bucharest, and I did a press conference, and there were about twenty five parent bloggers there, and one woman actually asked a question about it. (laughs) You know, she's like, well, what do we do? I think the same question that we all have, parents of boys, is like, okay, we feel solidarity with these women. We are women. Mm -hmm. I don't think there's any woman who hasn't experienced some kind of, you know, inappropriate sexual, you you know, attention of Mm -hmm. some sort, whether whether it's just attention or it's, you know, all the way to the other end of the spectrum of being, you know, harassment or rape or, 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 or whatnot. So we're all in this together, but, um, what do we do with, uh, with our boys, right? Because yeah. here we have these little, little guys and we love them and we know they're amazing. And we also know that the pressures of culture and media all around them uh, are heavy and we need to find a way to help them grow into emotionally intelligent men and uh, who can make good decisions, who don't see women as objects and who don't... Um, you know, commit, commit violent acts or inappropriate acts towards women or men towards anyone for that matter. So, yeah. So it was, you know, she, she asked a question there in the press conference and then I came back to Israel and people here were talking about it as well. Um, so it it is definitely a worldwide phenomena. It is not just an American thing. It's, it's, yeah, it's on everybody's radar. Yeah. It's on everybody's radar. And I will say, you know, it was actually at the, at the retreat, well, let me back up a second. So I recently posted an article um, on, on HuffPost about, uh, I forget what I called it, but essentially something about um, h- how to help our boys grow up to be peaceful. And it was a response to the shooting in, in Las Vegas. Yes. But a lot of the tips that I point out in terms of how to, how to help our boys grow up so that they feel connected to themselves and to us, I think are relevant to to this issue as well. Mm -hmm. So people might want to just check that out because they're really sort of concrete things like, you know, spending one-on-one time with their boys, letting them know that, um, it's okay if they're sad, they can cry. Like we, we can, we don't need to shame them or quiet them. We can be there for them. There, there are a lot of really, really concrete things that I wrote there that I think might be of, of help to people. Um, and then the other thing I wanted to share is that at, at this parenting conference that I was at, it was, it was a bunch of parent educators there and it was amazing. We did this exercise, which I couldn't remember the details of exactly, but we, the nitty gritty is like, we stood out in a circle outside. There were 26 of us from nine different countries and we had been talking about sexism and Me Too. Mm -hmm. And then we went outside and we held hands in the circle and I want to say that there were 25 women and there was one man. Mm -hmm. Uh, it It was quite amazing and touching. And what we were doing was taking turns. We went around the circle and took turns and without using words, we um, had an opportunity to just show our power and express our rage. Mm. And it was mind boggling. I mean, 
I don't even know how to explain it. You could pass if you wanted. I actually passed. I couldn't. Like, I couldn't even make a sound. And I'm not a quiet person. I couldn't even make a sound. And for me, what was happening is that I was just having this tape run in my mind of like everything that's ever happened to me my whole entire mm-hmm. life. Mm-hmm. You know, from from walking down the street as a as a young girl and you know being catcalled to mm-hmm. from the balcony by some random guy and being told, well, if I didn't want to get catcalled, then I shouldn't wear shorts and et cetera. You know that all the way up to waking up in the middle of the night at a friend's house with her uncle laying on top of us and mm-hmm. having to get our get out of that. I mean, there's so many things that, and and everybody has stories. There is not one woman who doesn't have a story, but this, um, you know, it feels what happens to me is and what, what I'm noticing and what happens to me, but what I'm noticing with this, with this me too, is that, you know, there's a lot of anger and I understand that and, um, I, I get it. And, and there's also a lot of fear and I understand that too. But what I like to focus on is once we, work beyond that or helping people to work beyond that. And then once we work beyond that, it's like, what do we do? What can we do? I'm pretty pragmatic and I don't like to be wallowing in the hopelessness of it all Mm -hmm. because yes, there's a lot of horrible stuff going on right now, but what can we do to make a difference? And I think we have an amazing opportunity in raising our boys, uh, you know, to teach them how, uh, how to communicate, how to, how to, um, build sort of intimate relationships, deep relationships, meaning, meaningful relationships, how to, how to understand. I think this is one of the answers to my, to the woman who asked that question at the press conference. Well, you know, she said, well, what, what do we do? How do we help our boys, um, you know, not become these people who are committing all these acts that we're posting me too about. Um, and, and one of the things that came up for me is that I said, you know what, I think that we really need to be teaching our boys that there are lots of ways to be close that aren't sexual Mm -hmm. because, I think from what I see from the dads I work with and the men who I know, most of them don't have a lot of options. Like they don't see many ways to be close to women if they're heterosexual, mm-hmm. um, other than having sex, other than being sexual. Like they, they just don't know how a lot yeah. of them. And so we really want to be teaching our boys that, you know, it's okay to, to cuddle and that talking can be intimate and sharing stories can be intimate and holding hands can be intimate and sharing experiences can be intimate and hiking together in the woods can be intimate. There's lots of ways to feel close to one another. Hey friends, as a podcast listener myself, I always get so excited to share when I find a new show that I think is super useful. So today I want to tell you about Understood Explains. This is a podcast that tackles one important topic per season. And this season is all about navigating individualized education plans and is hosted by teacher and special education expert, Juliana Urtube. Getting the support our kids need in school can feel tricky, and we aren't always sure what it is that they need. When I listened to the episode titled, Does My Child Need an IEP? It offered up so much useful information that I could really see supporting parents who are in this consideration. The host is so knowledgeable and really breaks down the content in a way that helps listener 
go from completely overwhelmed to actually starting to feel empowered. Other episodes in the series highlight the difference between IEPs and 504 plans, as well as a whole episode that busts common myths about special education. To listen to Understood Explains, search for Understood Explains wherever you listen to podcasts. That's Understood Explains. So check it out. You won't be sorry. So I know a lot of you out there listening have younger kids as well as teenagers in the house, and I'm excited to share with you about a new show that you and your younger kids are going to love. It's called Mysteries About True Histories, affectionately known as math. Every episode follows Max and Molly, who have just been recruited into a secret order of problem solvers on an adventure through time packed with puzzles, hidden equations, history, and laughs. The series explores themes like the stories behind math, critical thinking, code breaking, pattern solving, and so much more. Math is geared towards kids ages six and up and can be enjoyed by the whole family. Episodes drop every Thursday and are about 15 minutes long, the perfect length for a car ride, mealtime, break times, or bedtime. Each is stacked with so much laughter that your kids won't even realize how much they're learning. So tune into Mysteries About True Histories with your kids. You can follow and listen on Apple Podcasts or wherever you get your podcasts. To, you know, to build to build closeness and relationships with other people that are not sexual, and I think that is going to be key to this for this next generation if we want to see a change. Yeah, well, and I that also brings me to um, I watched. There's a documentary called The Mask You Live In. Have you seen that? Yeah, I have. Uh, I saw it a few, several years ago. It was really yeah, good. It's really powerful, and it's all about the messages that our boys are getting about masculinity and messages from media and from music and from other adults in their life, from their parents. And um, what really strikes, even listening to you right now, what really struck me in watching the documentary, it's on Netflix right now, everyone. So watch it. It's not, you know, I think kids, I would say boys 14, 15 um, could be watching it with you. Um, There are some harsh kinds of images and topics. So you be the judge of that. Um, However, one of the things that the documentary highlights is by middle school, the ways that, you know, when in talking about intimate relationships, boys not really having the tools or the permission, you know, quote permission to have intimate relationships with other boys and intimate Mm -hmm. friendships with other boys. And that's, you know, that's something that's coming up, um, with my son right now, you know, he has his best friends, but when the conversation is, well, does he have your back? You know, my son will say, I I don't, I don't think so, you know? And, and, uh, not like, does he have your back? Like, will he back you up in a fight? You know, not that kind of, but like, really like, can you talk to him? Can you be vulnerable with him? And, you know, and that's, and we've, you know, bumped into that a lot, even in elementary school where it seemed like, there's lots of conversation around, you know, the mean girls, right? And and how girls navigate friendship. And mm-hmm. I feel like there's a stunted conversation with our boys that it really, what we're talking about mostly is, you know, bullying mm-hmm, versus mm-hmm. just right. how do they navigate friendship? And, and, and what does it mean to advocate for yourself? Not when you're being 
you know, bullied, but I mean, yes, of course then, but also just when your friend's kind of a dick, you know, mm-hmm, like mm-hmm. when it's yeah. just simply like navigating that whole jockeying for power thing that happens among boys. And, and it, and it, and it kind of breaks my heart because I've got a kid that's ready to, you know, to have meaningful friendship. And it seems like there aren't like the other, the, you know, he doesn't, it's hard for him to find kids that have those same skills or even are looking, realize they're looking for that. Yeah. I mean, I know another boy like that, actually, he's super social, lots of people around him at school, um, you know, quite popular, but he says he doesn't have any friends. Yeah. And if I ask why he says, well, you know, nobody really knows me. Like nobody really asks me how I'm feeling or really wants to hear what's going on with me. So it's interesting. So there's a boy who's like ready to connect. He's got this emotional, emotional intelligence, but he's struggling to find other boys who can do the same. So we've definitely got our work cut out for us. And I think, um, I mean, a lot of what's at the crux of my work is really redefining what it means to be masculine, Mm -hmm. um, and what masculinity is. And I don't think we realize how much we parents have internalized these very traditional interpretations of masculinity as well, right? I mean, like how many of your listeners in, who are in like male-female relationships have a female as the main income earner right. versus male? You know, how many stay-at-home dads are there? Um, how are the roles in our homes divided? Mm-hmm. You know, who cooks? Um, who does the emotional parenting work? Mm-hmm. Who does the yard work? I mean, I think if we just think about this, what are we modeling? What are we modeling for our boys? Um, so a lot of uh, a lot of what we need to do, I think, is is going to come from increasing our own emotional intelligence. Mm-hmm. You know, what do we what what are we modeling for them? And also, what do we do when we're upset? What do we do when we're angry? What do we do when we're disappointed? Or uh, you know, do we share with somebody? Do we try to hide it for them and pretend everything's okay? Do we stuff it? Mm-hmm. Um, cause on the whole, we're still teaching our boys to stuff their feelings most of the time. Yeah. Um, and, and I know, you know, where I am, something recently happened, uh, with one of my boys where he was playing soccer and he, um, it, you know, it was a pretty rough game and somebody from the other team, like just shoved him down and he, you know, onto his back and he got the wind knocked out of him and he got scared and was crying and got up and, you know, was sitting on the sidelines for a bit. And he was supposed to play a game afterwards. And his coach was like, you know, you're not playing the game afterwards because you, you're, you know, you're too sensitive and you, you got to just like, keep it together. This is, this is just mm-hmm. going to happen. And, and, and sort of no place for him to process the fear of what just happened. And, um, it's just really sad. There's, that was absolutely an appropriate response from him, right? Our bodies want to heal here. He got shoved to the ground. It was a scary thing, right. both physically and emotionally. And he needed some time. If he, if, if the coach had just let him sit there, cry, um, you know, for, for a couple minutes, he could have got back up and played again. Mm-hmm. Like that's the healing process, but we're, we're not comfortable with that. We're still not comfortable with that. So we're going to need to get to a place as adults where we feel okay, safe, um, um, comfortable allowing our boys to have their feelings because a person can only stuff feelings down for so long before they explode. And the more our boys are stuffing their feelings, the more it's impeding their ability to think well. Right? Yeah. So Because they're just running on emotion and that's dangerous. And this is where we get... Um, among other things, sexual assault mm-hmm. and inappropriate, you know, sexual moves, if you will. Mm-hmm. Um, 
it's not it's not about you know and the thinking of an intelligent person it's it's just it's just not that so we need to set our boys up for success and and the way i think to do that is to um help them develop into beings who have who feel comfortable with their full array of emotions not just with anger right. not just um you know th- those those big feelings that we associate uh, with masculinity not and, and we need to change the sense of like yes they need to be strong and they need to be um uh you know whatever it is i don't know all the just stereotypical things i don't need to repeat them but right. but they're just they're all over the media they're all over the media and even and and like i said i think we don't realize how much we're we're modeling these same kinds of things in our homes yeah well and i think popular culture too i mean it makes me feel so old to say this, but oh my gosh, my kids taste in music. I mean, really? <laughs> yeah, yeah. And it's yeah, just, it's, it's it's really explicit and it's, you know, and they talk about this in the mask you live in as well. It's masculine, hyper-masculinity is counting the Benjamins, you know, sex with the hose, you know, yeah. power over everybody. And yeah. that's, that is what, success looks like. And so, or like, it's a coach, like your son's coach. I mean, so what are you, um, do you have any uh, thoughts around like, how do we approach each other? Because I think that there's the conversations we're having with our, our boys and there's, Mm -hmm. you know, the conversations that we're having with each other. And on one hand, you know, I mean, there's what the hell dude, you know, don't say that to my boy you know, and, and then there's the other place of like, Hey, I'd love to have a conversation with you about, about what happened on the soccer field. I mean, what do you suggest as far as how we're in conversation with each other about this stuff? Cause I think that that's the other piece is, you know, they're interacting with all sorts of adults in their life. And just like an adult can have a profound effect on, on your resiliency and your self-esteem, it can go the other way as well. Right. Well, I feel um, very strongly about fighting for the right of my boys to have feelings, Mm -hmm. to be able to have their full array of feelings. And so I have no problem and I had no problem, you know, going up to the coach and having a conversation with him. And I came and he was very responsive and understood and, you know, apologized and, you know, said he was, you know, trying to help him because, you know, he basically thought he he was saying to me that I thought that this would help him. Mm -hmm. Um, but obviously it was, it was, too harsh for him and it upset him the way that the coach responded. But I mean, he was very responsive to me. And I just said, you know, he, he, that was a totally appropriate response that he had. He was scared. It was a scary thing that happened. And, and I need it to be okay for him to feel that fear, you know, and move past it and then come back. So I, I, I don't have a problem going out and talking to all those people. I think we need to stand up for our boys. We need to advocate Mm -hmm. for their right to feel Right. Just like we need to advocate for them in, in, in many other areas. And this comes up a lot in school and uh, sports and friendships. Uh, we also have to advocate for them to be able to make mistakes and to learn from them. And that's when things get, you know, can, can get kind of hard and sticky. Yeah. Um, and I've, you know, I've, I've run into trouble here too, you know, with my kids, with clients' kids. Um, issues 
where they're, you know, they've made poor decisions. They've made poor mm-hmm. decisions. And I think it's important to keep in mind that even if our boys, or I should say when our boys make poor decisions, because they will, we need to remember that they're still good, even though the, what they did might not be. And we mm-hmm. need to figure out how to help them. If we just villainize them, it's not going to help the world at all. It's not going to help the women. It's not going to help anybody. So we need to keep their goodness sort of top of mind Mm -hmm. and then, and separate these behaviors that were not okay. And then come in when there's a teachable moment, when they're not in their emotional brain and have a conversation. But, but, you know, the best way we can I think prevent prevent this type of sexualization of women is to have these really open conversations when starting from when the kids are super super little. Mm-hmm. I mean, you know, I I mean, I literally my, I mean, the, this the lyrics are crazy. You were just talking about it, right? I mean, my ten yeah. year old was listening to some song the other day and it was like pussy this and pussy that, and I'm like, do you know what pussy is? <laughs> like, can we talk about this? Yeah. <laughs> I'm like, we're talking about a vagina. And I mean, like we, we had this whole conversation. Yeah. We, we, we have to talk about it. And, you know, do you think this is okay? And why do you think he's talking about this way? And what do you think it means? And how does it make you feel? And, and at, at, at this, at that age, he doesn't even know, right. He just like likes the beat and right. he likes to, you know, ride around his house on his little hoverboard thing and do his <laughs> dance. Right. I mean, he's not I'm having the same experience over here. <laughs> right. So it's not registering. It's not like he's like thinking about pussy or coochie or whatever right. it is they're talking about. But the point is, is those words are going in. And if he's seen the video, then the images are going in, which I try to not let happen. But, you know, right. we can't protect them from all of that. So we have to start these conversations early. I let yeah. them know how I feel about it. And we talk about pornography. Mm-hmm. I think this is also another issue. You know, we haven't touched on that yet. I think it's really, really important um, to be having these conversations about pornography with our children from when they're young, like middle school. I forget what the statistics are, but kids, I mean, yeah, if anybody thinks that people. their teenager, yeah. like their high school student hasn't seen porn, they're wrong. Right. Yeah. Well, I've right? had we, Amy Lang. Yeah, I've had Amy Lang on the show, you know, and she's my go-to sex therapy expert parenting person. Yeah. And the statistics are insane. And we've been talking about pornography, you know, like since the kids were young because kids get on the school bus as do smartphones, smartphones, you know, I mean, they just have access to everything. So I wanted my kids to know what to do if it came up. Right. And so again, those short, frequent conversations. Yeah. Because it's not normal not normal sex. It's, it's slightly, it's intriguing. So it kind of draws you in and, and that is understandable. It can also be really scary. And it can also be really scary. And there's also, it's very hard to get those images. I mean, there are a lot of of really, you know, there are all sorts of very scary images. There's child pornography, there's animals. Mm -hmm. I mean, there's all, all sorts of stuff there that can be very, very scary for, for adults, but for super scary for children. Um, and then, you know, just the sort of basic pornography, I think it's really important for us to talk to our boys. Like, this is not what a woman's body looks like, what a woman's body looks like. Okay. Breasts don't stand up that way. They're generally not that size. 
usually they're lopsided. One's often bigger than the other one. Mm-hmm. Um, most of us have cellulite at some, you know, some place on our body, mm-hmm. a little belly here and there. I mean, I talked to this and uh, talked to my boys about this, my older boys about it for sure. Yeah. And, and, um, uh, there was something else I wanted to say about that. Uh, oh, and that, and that, and I, and I uh, talked to my oldest about it. I said, look, you know, there is a, an absolute correlation between, um, you know, uh, boys who watch porn and, and sexual dysfunction later on. You know, I say at some point you're going to, you know, love somebody and want to make love. And it has been shown that people who watch a lot of porn have often, can often have a hard time getting an erection. Mm-hmm. And he, you don't want to be in a situation where you're with somebody who you love and you're wanting to have a sexual experience and a healthy sexual experience and you're not able to. Right. So that's also something to think about. Um, and, and, and the other thing that I wanted to say about pornography is that I think it's also important for us as mothers to be thinking about what we, how we talk about our bodies in front of our boys, how we talk about food in front of our boys right? Are we walking around going, oh, I'm too fat, or I'm too this, or I'm not Mm. that, or you shouldn't eat that, or I shouldn't. I mean, our kids pick up on all of these things, right? all of these things. And and our boys need to know that bodies are beautiful. They come in all shapes and sizes. My 10-year-old's reading, um, It's Perfectly Normal. You know that, that, do you know that book? I don't know that book. It's Perfectly Normal. It's like, it's when I was a kid, we, we, we read, um, where did I come from? Uh-huh. So it's perfectly normal. It's all, it's sort of an updated version of that. It's got a lot of comics in it and it talks about sex and sexuality mm-hmm. and, and, you know, gay, lesbian, transgender, bisexual, um, body parts. And it's got sketches of, of men and women in all different shapes and sizes. And, and I just want to shower my boys with images of these kinds of things. Like mm-hmm. I actually, I was like, I was too tired to read last night to my, to my little guy. So he's like, okay, well, let me read this chapter to you. <laughs> so then he was explaining the pictures and goes, so now there's kind of a, um, there's like a, a young, younger girl. And then next to her, there's a girl um, with a, a tall, skinny girl, and then there's a girl with kind of a fatter butt, and then there's a girl with a bit. But it was like all like it was totally non-judgmental. It was just like describing yeah. each other. Yeah. And there's like an old woman, you know, and her boobs are kind of low, and like you know, I mean, it's just all sort of like factual. And then and then <sighs> on the men, and he's like, and then there's this kind of man, and then there's a strong man, and then he stopped. He goes how come there isn't a strong woman? Ah, <laughs> was like, great question. Oh, well, that's interesting. That's a good question. I don't know. <laughs> there was like sort of an athletic sort of bodybuilder looking guy, but there wasn't one of those in the women. Um, is this the book? Is this the book where when it was our version, there's the one spread with the kid on the diving board with an erection and all the ladies in the pool? Oh, uh, you know what? I don't, I haven't gotten to that page <laughs> of this one yet, so I'm not sure. And actually my older, that's what my I older remember the most. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. My oldest son read it a few years ago, and I have. I'm only up to like chapter two or three right now because we just got it in the mail. The next one. Yeah. He had the one for the younger kids, which he, you know, just whipped through. And now he's like, he, every day he's like, "Did my book come yet? Did my book yeah. come oh, yet?" It's fascinating. Like, Same. You know, and I think so. that it's like, and I'm, and what I'm hearing you say, Tasha, is, is you know, be in conversation with your boys is be okay with being in uncomfortable conversations with the boys. Don't let your discomfort get in the way of providing a space for our boys to be their whole selves. 
Absolutely. Yeah. And I mean, and then I think about, um, so back to the, yeah, well, and I posted, you know, and just for the listener's sake, I did, um, I, I mentioned Amy Lang and she posted a really short, awesome video about having conversations about sexual harassment and sexual assault with your girls and boys. And she's so great because she often will provide script, you know, uh-huh. which is helpful yeah. when you're uncomfortable to have the words that you need. And, um, and you know, and I, and I borrowed from it for sure. But I think that the other conversation, and it's come up, you know, a lot is, well, on one hand, you know, I've got a teenage daughter. And when I talk to her about some of the comments that she gets on social media that are really sexual and, um, offensive, you know, little messages that she gets here and there that she tells me about, I say, you know, I'm like, doesn't that bother you? And she said, mom, it's like white noise. And that's like, Oh God, you know, there's that. Right. And then there's the conversation of how do we support our boys in standing up to their friends and saying, Hey man, you can't say that to her or yeah, it's not okay yeah. to say that. Or even when the girls aren't present and they're in the quote locker room, Absolutely. right? Having yeah. the, having the, the confidence to, to stay like, it's not okay. Yeah. You know, I had to have a conversation with, um, one of my boys, uh, I don't know about maybe a year or two ago, but it was a social media issue and where he was, there There's was so some, many of them. Yeah, they had a group. So uh, in the States, well, in the States, there's not a big WhatsApp thing going on, but here everybody lives on WhatsApp. I don't even know when I come back to the States how I'm going to communicate with anybody. Do you have to talk to them? Do you guys talk to each other over there? Because here we here we just WhatsApp. That's it. Um, but anyway, they had a group like for the class and there was some, you know, not nice stuff going on between some of the kids. Mm-hmm. And my son was saying, Warmer, sunnier days are calling. Thank God, spring into summer is my favorite time of year. After turning 50 last September, I've been really working on my physical health and well being and can honestly say that I am feeling better in my body than I have felt in a very long time. Yes, credit goes to movement and working out, but even more credit goes to how I'm feeding my body. That's why I love Factor. I fuel up with Factor's no prep, no mess meals, 35 different meal choices, and more than 60 add-ons to choose from every week. I always have a new flavor to explore. It's amazing. You can crush your wellness goals this May, keep time in the kitchen to a minimum, and enjoy effortless support for the lifestyle you want to be living with dietitian approved meals and ingredients you can trust from Factor. Head over to factormeals.com slash joyful50 and use the code joyful50 to get 50% off your first First box plus 20% off your next month. That's code joyful50 at factormeals.com slash joyful50. Again, that's 50% off your first box plus 20% off your next month while your subscription is active. Yes, yes, yes. Join me. Join me in the health revolution and feel really good this summer. No one told us the truth about parenthood. Why? This is the podcast everyone needed before they had kids because now that those little ones are here, there is a lot to unpack. 
I'm Rachel Shepardota, and I am your host for the podcast, No One Told Us, where we tell the truth about parenting and let you in on all the stuff you really should have known about before having kids. I am the founder of Hey Sleepy Baby, but this podcast is so much more than sleep. We'll be diving into all the topics that you really care about and need to know while you do your best job raising those adorable, tidy humans. Our goal is to just make you feel less alone and less overwhelmed. There are so many things that no one tells us before becoming a parent, and I think that we should really pull back the curtain on becoming a first-time or second-time mom or dad to share the good, the bad, and the ugly. We'll have a little education, a little fun, and a whole lot of heart that goes into each and every episode. So join me and our amazing guests each week to hear us talk about what no one told us. Uh, you know, I'd heard about it from the teacher and the parents. We were talking about it, you know, how we wanted to deal with it. And we decided we were each going to talk to our children and sort of lay out some guidelines. And my son said, but I'm not doing that. You know, you know, I do, I'm not the one who does those things. Mm-hmm. And I said to him, I understand that. I absolutely get that you're not the one who's doing it, but you're watching it happen. Mm-hmm. And that's not Okay. That is not okay. That is also not okay. Mm-hmm. So, and and I absolutely set a limit there. I said, if you you know are wanting to be on this group, that's okay. But you have to be able to stand up for what's right. If you don't think you're going to be able to stand up and you know stand up for what's right and uh, and and either do it on your own or or reach out to me and have me help you do it, then you probably need to step out of that group. Um, because, you know, I said, if, you know, if you were with your friends walking down the street and somebody came up and started, um, you know, talking to him, not nice or, or hitting him or whatever, would you just walk away and say, well, you know, I'm not part of it. And he's like, no, I think, well, it's the same thing. Like it seems further away because it's digital. Right. (laughs) Um, but it's not, it's hurtful. And you have to be able to stand up for what's right. So these are messages like we have to seize the opportunities with our kids, every opportunity we get as they're growing, um, to be able to show them what it means to stand up. And, 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 and then it's okay. It's cool. It's a good thing to do. It's the right thing to do. It's not a not cool thing to do. Right. And I think there, there's some, there, there, you know, sort of the culture says like, oh, uh, you know, it's, it's not cool to like help out or be the, you know, goody two shoes or whatever. But in the end, you know, at the end of the day, I don't actually think that's even how they see it. Like when they see somebody stand up for what's right, they actually do look up to that person. They actually do think it's a good thing. Have you seen that thing on Reddit that's going around right now? No. Um, somebody posted there. It's just like really amazing story. It was a sweet story about this woman who went hiking with these two or three guys I guess usually there were other women who went with her, but there weren't any that day. So she went um, with these with these men and they just sort of like burly guys and like big hike, hiking all day kind of a thing. And they were had hiked all day and they were about 20 minutes before the end of the trail. And she got her period mm. and like a few days earlier, yeah. uh, or f- sorry, a few days early. And basically what happened is that this this she kind of uh, stayed back and was trying to, you know, sort of shove her bra in her underwear and yeah. like, try to figure out all these ways to figure out like, what am I going to do? And like kind of holding herself. And, and one of the guys kind of hung back with her and was like, you know, do you need to pee? She's like, uh, no. I like, well, did, you know, it's like a period thing. And she was sort of like, Oh my God. Yeah. She's like, yeah. And essentially what happened is that, you know, he had a backpack full of like first aid stuff and all this stuff. And he goes, you want tampons or pads? Mm. <laughs> and, um, 
and she was like tampons and she goes and he even had the good kind <laughs> and and essentially like he gave her tampons a shirt to tie around her waist and like you know baby wipes to and he said you know um and he and he and he did it and he covered for her he said to the other guys he's like um, I'm going to hang back with her. You know, she cut herself and, um, you know, I'm going to just fix her up and we'll catch up to you. It'll probably take like five minutes. Mm -hmm. And so he, he came back and then he, you know, he covered, he did the whole cover for her, gave her the tampon, gave her a shirt to tie, you know, did the whole thing. She went into the bushes, came back, and then he even put a Band-Aid on her arm, I think it was, to sort of cover, yeah. you know, to have the story. And then they just went on and, you know, finished the thing and got their Uber home. But like, what a cool guy. Yeah. Like it's masculinity. Yeah. Right. Exactly. Right? That is, that's like, that was doing the right thing. That wasn't shaming somebody that wasn't making somebody feel embarrassed that, I mean, what an amazing role model. Yeah. I love that. Rosalind Wiseman calls it being the champion. The champion is the kid who doesn't get triggered by questions of masculinity, right. By other boys, you know, questioning yeah. his masculinity. He's the kid that will stand up for others when he sees that something isn't okay. Right. He's the one. And he does. And he's also the one that if he's not part of the crowd, okay, he's going to do what's right. Right. Yeah. I want to say one thing though, that that is not easy to do. No, like, I think we need to realize that. And we also need to think about whether or not we're modeling that. Right. Okay. When was the last time we stood up for what was right. Like when we see something go on, that's not right. Do we stand up for it? Do we stand up, you know, for what's right? And I mean, and I, I, I have to say that I generally do. And it's oftentimes uncomfortable for my boys. Like they get embarrassed by it. Mm -hmm. They get embarrassed by it. I mean, now they're kind of used to it, <laughs> but, but, and I think that's good because I want them to get used to it. I want them to see that it's the right thing to do. And that I don't feel a bit, um, you know, wishy-washy about whether or not it's the right thing to do. I go, you know, if this person is being mistreated or needs help or, or, you know, and I'm in a position to be able to do it, then that's what I need to do in that moment. Even if it makes me, you know, two minutes late to where I need to go and you're in a rush, right. you know, you're going to need to wait kind of a thing. So what, what are we modeling? What are we modeling? And, and, and it, it just, so, I mean, just sort of get to, to, I don't know, come back to what we were talking about a little bit about what we we're talking about earlier is that we have to, we have to remember that the boys are good, that they're going to make, mm -hmm. they're going to make these mistakes and, and, and acting the right way and, and making good choices is a hard thing. Standing up for what's right is, is harder on the ground than it yeah. is, uh, than it is to sort of, for you and me to talk about here. It's just like, you know, when we, when we were talking about sort of having teenagers, you a teenage daughter and me a teenage son before we got on the call, it's like, okay, it's all good and well to philosophize about it and read about it. But when it's in your home, it's like, oh my God, <laughs> what, what is, is happening, happening here? <laughs> so, right. So well, I think I, we need to have compassion, compassion yes. as, we, as we bumble through this with our little guys. Well, and I think what you said was really important, which is when they make mistakes, when they get into mischief, that these are teachable moments and the teachable moments only come when they make, well, not only, but the teachable moments are so powerful when they make mistakes and get into mischief. So don't be so surprised yeah. and freaked out when they get in mistakes, <laughs> when they're right. making mistakes and, it, and get into mischief. Cause it's what they're, that's what that's childhood, especially as they become and teenagers. It, Jeez. And it doesn't mean that they're not accountable. I don't mean to say that they're not right. accountable for what they do. Like, I don't want to mix up those two things. I don't want to 
Sure. You know, people just say, oh, well, she says, well, they're, you know, just, just they're good. And so it doesn't matter if they do bad things. No, that's not what I mean. I just mean at their core, they are good. And it's important for us to stay connected to them and not lose sight of that in order to be able to help them through the behaviors that are getting them into trouble. That's yeah. what I mean. Yeah. And I think that does a lot to keep us out of fear and rigidity as well, is staying connected yep. to that good, sweet human. Yes humanness yes. that they have inside of them. Definitely. I'm so glad that you came on. Yeah, it's been super fun. I love talking to you. I know. I love it too. Thank you so, so much. Do you have any final thoughts for the listeners before we wrap up today? Mm, I think what's, what's, um, there's a quotation in my mind that, that goes like this, hurt people, hurt people. Mm-hmm. And I don't remember who said it, but uh, it wasn't me who made it up. I'll just say that. But I think that's what's going on with the boys and the men is that they're hurt and then mm-hmm. therefore hurt, they're hurting others. And so I think the way that we stop the hurting is by helping them heal from their hurts. And if we've got little boys, um, you know, helping them heal from all these little hurts that happen along the way so that they don't stuff all those feelings up down and end up with these big emotional backpacks of, of trauma to have to deal with later. Yeah. So, um, yes, I think we're all good, the men, the women, and and we need to support one another in helping to uh, make this world a a safer and more peaceful place. And that that's my wish. Mm, I will join you in that wish in the context of all that we've talked about today. What does joyful courage mean to you? Oh, joyful courage. Well, Let's see. The I always have, I always look at them. I'll actually oftentimes look at your thing and go, joyful courage, joyful courage. What does that mean exactly? What does it mean? What does it mean? Well, how did she come up with that? So I, I think about it. I'm not quite sure like how I fit these words together. But I, let me just think the courage piece, um, which is for me, um, recognizing when we're scared and figuring out how to overcome our fears mm-hmm. or, or, and I guess teaching our children to be able to do the same. And if we're able to do that, then I'll be really joyful. <laughs> perfect. <laughs> perfect. That? that is just perfect. I love asking that question because it's always a different response. And on any given day, my response is different. So yeah. No, it's great. I love it. Joyful courage. It's just like, it's not it doesn't make me like, it doesn't like, it really opens the opens the opportunity for people to interpret it in many different ways. Yeah, totally. It's good. So thank you so much for all that you do for kids and families. Where can the listeners find you and follow your work? Ah, so the best place to find me is on my website, which is uh, com, And um, yeah, that's where I've got my uh, 10-day Reconnect Parenting Boys Peacefully that I run every few months. Mm-hmm. And that's super, um, you know, wonderful community of people uh, who are really active and, and committed to doing this work of, of creating a more peaceful world one sweet boy at a time. So that's probably the best place to get started. And the other thing you could do is uh, look for my book that I wrote with uh, Patty Whipfler, the founder of Hand in Hand Parenting. And that you can find either, uh, well, probably the best place to find it is uh, listenthebook.com. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah. And listeners, I'll make sure both of those links are in the show notes. Awesome. Okay. 
Thank you, Tasha. Yeah, my pleasure. And I just so appreciate everything that Tasha brings to the conversation. And I, uh, I just always feel this sense of groundedness and, um, and hope and possibility when I talk to her about parenting and especially when we're talking about really uncomfortable topics like sexual harassment, like porn, you know, like the things that we never want our children to engage in or navigate. And yet, guess what? This is a part of the world that we live in. So as much and as often lately as I've wanted to stick my head in the sand, it's not helpful. And it's not going to forward ourselves or our children in the direction that they need to go into so that they will end up as you know, contributing members of society. So big thanks again to Tasha. And speaking of being grounded, right? So you all have heard me talking about um, the daily intention cards. So I am getting the greatest feedback from the listeners and community members who have placed their orders and gotten their cards in the mail. I've been getting pictures um, and so much good feedback around how the cards are really such powerful tools for helping. And I'm going to tell you a little story. I actually shared this on Instagram. So the other morning, I had been out of town for the weekend and it was a Monday morning and I came downstairs and um, to do my, you know, have my personal space before the kids come down and uh, the sink was full, the dish rack was totally full and the dishwasher was full. And I just felt myself totally drop into irritation, resentment, you know, all that yummy stuff that tightens my body, tightens my perspective, tightens my patience. And my beautiful 12-year-old son came down, you know, ready for breakfast. And I was not very nice. (laughs) The irritation came through. We'll say that in my tone, in my language. I mean, I wasn't super over the top, but I definitely was feeling it, feeling, I don't know, taken advantage of, feeling disrespected, you know, creating all that story that we can often create about nobody cares and I have to do everything. And my son said, mom, did you pick a card this morning? And that question was so simple and so powerful. And that question really softened my experience. It actually makes me feel a little uh, emotional right now. And I said, I, I mean, my shoulders dropped and everything inside of my energy just kind of settled down. And I looked at him and I said, no, I didn't. And he said, well, they're right here. And so I took the cards and I shuffled through them. And and even just knowing that that's what I was doing, like I'm shuffling these cards, I'm looking for guidance, I'm opening myself up to wisdom. That helped me also in my regulation. And then I, I picked a card. You guys, guess what card I picked? Be tender. Oh, I picked be tender and oh my gosh, like, ah, I, what, it was exactly what I needed in that moment. 
You know, it was exactly what I needed to soften into. Be tender, be tender with my family, be tender with myself. What does tenderness feel like in my body? All of that showed up as I looked at this card and marveled at the fact that this was the card that came up for me. So it's powerful stuff and it's such a beautiful daily practice. And I really encourage you if, if you feel moved to um, join me in, in being an ever more intentional mama and parent, head on over to the website, joyfulcourage.com slash intention cards, all one word, and uh, place your order place your order. You'll get a deck of 31 cards for 31 days, right? You get to use them however you wish. I have a little instruction like here's how you can use them, but ultimately they're your cards. And for those of us that are really on the conscious parenting journey, we have to be intentional. We have to stretch into tenderness. We have to stretch into patience and peace, not because that doesn't exist in our lives, but because in the moments where we need it the most, right, we want to become ever more familiar with it. We, we need that reminder. Our humanness can often get in our way. And so the cards are really designed to help us become ever more familiar in our body with some of these more intentional ways of being. So check it out, www.joyfulcourage.com slash intention cards. Oh my gosh, and guess what else you could find on the website? Speaking of intentions and um, reminders <laughs> and wearable reminders and like reminding the world. So I had the cutest shirts made. Oh my gosh, you guys are so cute. I have tank tops and I have these really cute flowy, could be off the shoulder t-shirts that are not man t-shirts. They are for sure for women and um, they're adorbs. And um, they say, the tank tops say, be kind in really cute blue lettering on charcoal kind of colored tanks. And then the t-shirts are lighter gray and they say, be love. So guess what? Holidays are coming. Maybe you need to buy a present for yourself. Maybe you need, maybe you'd like the intention cards and a t-shirt. I don't know. It's all you, mama. It's all you. I would love supporting you. I love offering you tools and gifts. I love giving you opportunities to invest in yourself energetically through listening to this podcast or, you know, and investing the money into things that are going to help and forward you and support me and the work that I do. So check out the shirts at joyfulcourage.com slash JC shirts. Okay. It's again, joyfulcourage.com slash JC shirts, all one word. And you can check them out and decide if that is something that you would like to have. Stay in touch, my loves. Stay in touch. You know that I have a newsletter list. Do you know that? I have a newsletter list and every week I send out a new newsletter with feedback from the week's previous week's show and um, a little bit of information about the current week's show and then any offers that I have going on, you'll see links in the newsletter. It's not super long. It only comes once a week. Uh, if you'd like to stay in touch with me and the happenings around Joyful Courage, head on over to joyfulcourage.com and at the very top of the website, you'll see click here to join the newsletter list. Do it. 
do that. You can also follow along in the Living Joyful, no, I'm sorry, the Live and Love with Joyful Courage Facebook group. It's in a really safe, powerful community for celebrating, supporting, and loving on each other as we all step into this parenting journey. You can always shoot me an email at Casey at Joyful Courage to offer feedback, ask questions, love it, or feel free to head over to iTunes and leave me a review. If you love this podcast, let others know through your review on iTunes. And big thanks to my producer, Chris Mann. You're the man. Appreciate how you make this podcast sound so good in the ears of all of these parents. Everyone else, listeners, I love you. Like really deeply love you. So appreciate the way that you show up for me, for each other, for this community. Thank you. Keep listening. Keep giving me feedback. Keep offering suggestions and ideas. I love, love, love it. I'll be back in your ears next week with a solo show. Until then, have a beautiful day. When it comes to raising kids, there's so much to consider. Things like, what do we feed them? When do we feed them? How do they sleep? What does it look like to raise kind kids? How does their nervous system work? How do I keep myself calm? What are my triggers? There's so much that comes into play. And we are distilling all of that information for you at Voices of Your Village podcast, where we bring experts in the field of early childhood and education and psychology and across the board so that you don't have to comb the internet for information. You get to show up and hang out and have shame-free, judgment-free conversations and insights into what it looks like to raise kind, empathetic, emotionally intelligent humans. I'm Alyssa Blask Campbell. I have a master's degree in early childhood education. I'm a mom of two, and I am walking this journey right alongside you doing this work. Come hang out with me at Voices of Your Village, and we can dive into real conversations with actionable tips.